0: Okay. It
1: happens here. And it finishes here. Two men enter. One man. It was
0: merely a two-word review it just a shit sandwich. I won't roll the record up to the last That right there is a, a lot, lot of one. Welcome back to the Music Lovers. You are now tuned into yet another exciting adventure with us here on Tony guys the podcast. I'm your host, Kevin, as usual, and I uh, got a very special episode for you today for a couple reasons. One, our good friend Sean Barna is returning yet again. We cannot get rid of him, but um, he put out a, a, a magical, I'll call it magical, that works, a magical EP called Sissy that, uh, that deals with a lot of the things that he. Uh, thinks about a lot, a lot of the injustices in the world, um, and a lot of what it means, uh, to just try and be a good human in, in a, um, uh, in a environment that is largely, uh, fueled by chaos, uh, it is his best work, um, it is, uh, a sign of things to come, and it is something that we, uh, here are very proud of him for. We've been friends with Sean's for a long time, um, and, uh, He is one of my favorite people on the planet. So in case any of you are looking for uh, Mm an objective review, I I don't think objectivity is necessary, actually, in in a lot of music criticism sometimes, or discussions or interviews. Uh, Sean's a rad dude. He makes rad art, and um, we connected about four years ago, and the fact of the matter is he was the first interview that we did down in the basement. Now, why is that important to you? Um, Because the basement is no more. The basement got wiped out by a flood. If you've been following us the past few weeks, you know that's happened. Uh, it is not going to be repaired, or even if it is, uh, I, there's no real point for us moving our our material or, or stuff or gear back down there. Uh, so, um, sort of rounded it out, said, uh, Hey, you know, you were the first interview come by and you can be the last. So, uh, this past Sunday, set up some chairs down there and uh, me and Sean sort of sat in the wreckage and uh, talked about Sissy and talked about the world around us and talked about uh, just hung out and you get to sort of get in on that uh, it was um it was a great conversation every time uh, seeing him develop as an artist has been a thrill and I can't wait to see where it goes um, with regards to the basement you know you, you guys know what that has done it's, it's there's a particular magic that's happened down there um, we've had lots of Big artists, small artists, unexpected artists, made a lot of friends, um, done a lot of great work down there. It was a, uh, it was a safe space for, for people to get down there and get nerdy, whether you were somebody who was like, trying to be um, a podcast person <laughs> or a voice like Eduardo, who turns out he's fucking great at it, or you know, somebody who's super established like Marcus Moore at, at Bandcamp or like Phil Cook or Jen Wastner. Nick Sanborn, or the Future Birds, or fucking Roadkill Ghost Choir, Louis Weeks, uh, Noah Berman, for that matter, um, Mary McLaughlin makes miracle medicine. Uh, there, there's a long list of people who've who've uh, mailed the horse. Long list of people who have been down there. Some of them have spent the night down there when they're on tour. Uh, they know. Uh, they know all about this place. Um, but it's fitting because you know we're we're getting out of dc nothing's going to change for the podcast except it'll be just done in in milwaukee but uh, still it's sad to see it go it's been a process and uh but this was this is good for me and hopefully it's good for you guys to hear one last time down there so that's what's going on uh for this episode and uh i'll catch you on the flip side talk you out but in the meantime uh let's go hang out with my friend sean down in the basement one last time
1: At 7am thank you very much
0: Hmm? wait this morning yeah what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) i I don't don't even know dude well i do know that would kill me i woke up at seven what the fuck man you're not you're not a young man it has been four years since you did this the first time, and look how far I've come. <laughs> look how far. You-
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> um,
0: um, oh
1: Jesus! No, we're just we're just gonna oh, talk God. about this.
0: We're, we're just gonna do this. You're you're the last artist in the basement, dude. Yeah, I might um, you, literally you, be
1: the last person that lives through it. It's all falling down around us. Yeah, yeah. It,
0: it's empty. It's got a nice reverb. I know. I, I, like made, it. Some, I made some d- jams down here, and it was just like you I didn't have, have to that, turn on the reverb on the amp. It was just
1: like, you got that sick isolation room with the piano. <laughs> 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 We're gonna have to cut the first twenty minutes of I'll, this. I'll include <laughs> a picture
0: of that in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> the isolation. <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. I'm gonna shop this out as a studio. <laughs> yeah. Come see our sick isolation room. Uh, uh my God. For a second, I thought about, uh, oh. just reading, uh, <laughs> us reading our G chats back to each other. <laughs> no, we've known each other for a uh, good long while now. Yeah. I realized that four years. And, uh, uh, you know, when you showed up here the first time you were working on something and you'd been playing and droids were looking for. Yep. And you ran away to LA because you're like, fuck DC. A couple of times is, I've done that. Which is the right thing. Right. <laughs> right <at> it. <laughs> it's the right thing to do. Um, and then you came back, and we we kept in touch, and we, we talked about stuff you did uh, last year, or was it two years ago now, uh, Pictures of an Exhibitionist, yeah. It was which like, to your mind was, I think that ago. was that was going to be the thing, right? That's one of the that, things. That's one of the things. Um, and uh, maybe I will publish our G-Chess to see how, like, <laughs> how pain you get when you like, you know, a million listens and stuff. But, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to get to that. But... Uh, then you left then you came back mainly because you're a smart dude a little bit i think because i yelled at you <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is all your fault mostly this it it is, maybe, i don't know but no, i've so, worked on every election since 2006
0: right 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 and um and i think it's interesting another thing we're going to explore is that you are out saving the world in <laughs> in uh oh, i mean that dude uh through art and but also really doing the thing Dude, I, I don't know how many people know that about you, but like you do the thing. You are the, you are on the front lines. You are crafting the messaging. You are doing like trying to get people who like us, who will quote unquote save us.
1: Yeah, or at least not vote against the people's rights. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: and you like beer, so you can be I a Supreme Court. <laughs> I've been sober for four years. <laughs> Ever since our first interview.
0: Is this... I mean, is this substance specific? Like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> I haven't drank water since then. <laughs> okay. um, but, but at any rate, some, I, I can't remember the timing of sometime between when you <clears throat> took the job down here, we're moving down here, and I think, and correct me if my timings off, you see me like, yeah, I'm just going up to like Rochester or something to make this thing with this guy. Mm-hmm. And then... Maybe midweek, I got something, like a text or something, and it was like, this is the best thing I've ever done. And I saw, as your friend, knowing somebody, knowing you, knowing how uh, hard you are on yourself <laughs> and your art, I, I saw this side of, like, you were just uh, joyful about it. And it was great. Because that's what we all want for, like, this is what we want for our friends, right? That's Sure. Like, so, what the fuck happened, dude?
1: <laughs> well, so I was in... Mm-hmm. You know, I went to New York. Actually, my last meal in D.C. before moving we to New York was with you at Brooklyn's Finest, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was excited about it. And you're like, yeah, go to New York. That's actually where I was like, you know what, the hell with it, I'll go to New York. And I went up there and was basically a bartender with no money for a year. Yeah, yeah. And and I tried to make a record. I recorded some drums and did some some work on a new record, but then I ran out of money. It was I just couldn't do it, yeah. and I, that was frustrating. And I could put off that the real deep deep seated frustration until I got the job down here. I knew I had to come back to DC again for a job because I had no money yeah. up there and I had plus I do like working on elections, but I knew I had to leave my home again, whatever that definition is for me, home, but I had to leave and come back here and do a job and again it was just like fuck, I accomplished nothing yeah. artistically, nothing. And I played a couple shows up there to nobody. Yeah,
0: it's the old two steps forward, <laughs> one step yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, one step forward, a thousand steps back. Yeah. So, I did that and I was having basically that, I was complaining to my friend Dave Draco up in Rochester saying, man, I can't fucking believe I'm going back to, to D.C. and I just have nothing to show for my time in New York. Yeah. A year wasted. And he's, he has uh, tolerance for about two complaints. Like, he'll let you do two, but on the third one, he's just going to be <laughs> like, dude, shut the fuck up. He said, get up here right now, get in the car, get up here right now before you go to D.C., We'll record a couple songs and, you know, whatever. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And so I went up there and made Sissy. Yep. In four days. Which is your best <clears throat> work. Yeah. I also wrote you, it up You there would agree.
0: I, I would agree. Oh, I yeah. think everybody would agree. I think knowing what you've been working at uh, all these
1: years. It's tighter, get. you know. The pictures of it, was took so long and it was fucking between a bunch of people and, and nobody really was invested right. in it and you distilled a lot of themes that you deal with
0: mm-hmm. uh in, in in your art and and put it into instead of like 20 songs they put it into five songs while you were making it with this guy like do you did you know it was going on or was it just like well i guess we're just doing this
1: we the first so the timing was i got up there about one in the morning and I had a couple of voice memos. Mm-hmm. I had two songs that I knew I hadn't recorded anything for, for the other record I was working on. Yep. And so I didn't feel bad using those, which is Routines and Queer Mad Blues. But then the other three I didn't have, they did not exist. And I was just going through voice memos on the way up there on my phone. When I got there about one 1 a.m., he let me in and went back to sleep. And I just sat in his guitar room, his isolation booth, and played a Gibson SG and just figured out some, like a hook or figured out a verse. I didn't have anything, I didn't have any lyrics. <laughs> And I did that, and then the next morning, he actually ha- he was working on list. He was listening to the final masters of John Lewis Band, which is another band he works with. Yeah, yeah. And so I had another maybe hour in the morning, and I just went through stuff. And then I was just like, uh, I don't know. Here's what I got, and I played it for him. And he just he's just so hi- like hyper laser focused. I'm like, okay, that's the bridge, that's the chorus, that's the verse. And we just basically created the structure of the songs, so the actual form, without me having any lyrics yet. Yeah. And then we're like, okay, we'll do drums in the morning yeah yeah, and that's what we did and so we didn't know to your point we didn't know what we were doing to the end of that second day we were listening to some of the stuff we had done and we were just like huh and then i started doing the the lyrics and we we started to realize especially on that second day and into the third day like oh this is this already sounds good and we haven't mixed shit yet was
0: was dave familiar <clears throat> with your older stuff
1: He had heard it, but we had met at what was the Outlaw Roadshow. Yeah, yeah. We met uh, Duritz's little soiree up there, and we just laughed and laughed and laughed. He's so funny, and he thinks I'm funny. Uh, And we just got along great. We always talked about that our favorite record is Wildflowers, Tom Petty Wildflowers. We both love this record. His it's his favorite because it's the best like sounding record. He says like there's a guitar. lot of reasons why it's it, because yeah. it's it is one of the best. And then for me, I learned how to play drums playing it. It's good to be king, and you don't know yeah. how it feels. That's the record I played to when I was a nine year old kid. Oh shit, or whatever it I would didn't have know been. That. Yeah, uh, yeah, it would have been in fourth grade when that came out. And anyway, so I was playing drums to that, and then once you realize that the songs are brilliant, yeah, and then you realize that you know whatever I don't know it keeps going and going and going. <clears throat> and so we kind of bonded over that in New York City. He was down there picking up his Neve console he bought, and we just got a beer, and we were just talking about wildflowers. We're like, "Fuck, we really need to make a record."
0: Yeah, yeah. Sounds
1: like we would converge in this, and then we ended up making something that sounds nothing like wildflowers. But
0: I don't know, dude. I mean, uh, you know, subject matter aside, I think a lot of what Petty wrote about was the um, human condition is too too generalized for that. Uh, But you know, he he explored certain characters, yeah, uh, certain scenes that that were germane to him and his life um and use them as this platform to explore like the bigger themes of humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh and, you know, look, that's 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 what art and music is supposed to do, but like there's a way people do it. I think there's a way you definitely do it now. There's a lot of um you know, you've been singing about your brother for a long time now. There's it's getting more
1: now. on the nose than it used to be. Right, right. And, I, and
0: and um and I I do want to talk about that a little bit, but you you know You are drawn to uh, sort of marginalized scenes, Mm -hmm. marginalized people. There's a lot of uh, drag queens, the the gay scene on this. There's a lot of of that, and I don't know. um, I don't know that we see that in music too often.
1: Certainly not rock and roll.
0: Certainly not rock and roll. I mean, it still is you know the the white cis hetero male stereotype uh, of which I am one man. I mean, I can't (laughs) cannot escape this. And uh, you don't, uh, I, I, you do a thing on all these songs, specifically on Sissy, and even with the title, you aren't preaching about it. Oh, no. You're just shining a light on it. So why was it important for you to, actually, to, to show this? Because what I, what I get out of it is that, so if this is a scene that I don't know about, now I know a little bit about it, but I also take away that like, hey, man, this sounds just like me.
1: Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I think it's important before I get into like you know oh well when I wrote this song blah 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 it's it's important to realize that I wrote these lyrics after we had picked the forms for the songs I wrote them so quickly yeah so stunningly quickly for me that I didn't really have time to think about it but what I did know is I came out of a a year in New York that was a wasted year for me in many ways and that I had been around this fearless group of people that especially after the election of the current president were like oh we all have to stand together because you know now people that hate us yeah have power yeah and they hate us and they hate us in in law but they also hate us in the streets and
0: And isn't it funny that that those groups (coughs) are basically everyone except
1: yeah but it's just white males i mean but as far as marginalized communities go uh you know, this is one of the one of the big ones, and I always say now, like drag queens. Once you decide you're going to be a drag queen, mm-hmm. you've chosen to be fearless, to yeah. me. And you know, this scene in Brooklyn was. It, first of all, drag queens are fucking hilarious. Yeah, it's so goddamn funny. I like laughing, especially dark humor. But then you know, they're doing this thing. They're really presenting this. And, you know, especially some of the some of the queens. They do this really beautiful art. Right. And what I have said, and I've said it in other interviews, is that songwriters are dropping the ball right now on telling real stories for people everyone's like trying to get their fucking instagram followers up or something <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and nobody's like really cutting cut into the truth i mean some people do like isabel does it sometimes not the recent record but <laughs> uh, <than> world. <laughs> <laughs> god damn it <clears throat> uh i can't talk about that record or it'll ruin my life yeah. uh but you know there are people that do but there's there's no like I'm in New York all the time and I see people like doing their impressions of like a songwriter or a rock and roller and they have their like hip little look and yeah, everything yeah. And, it's aesthetic. And that's great because I don't have it. I don't give a fuck enough. Right. But <laughs> where are the songs? What are you talking about? What are we trying to say here? Right. Is that the best rhyme we can come up with? So anyway, I went up there and I had a few days and I just started writing out of my own anxiety because I, I didn't want to go back to DC. I wanted to be up there and be successful. You want to make art. Yeah. And I so I I was like just anxious and it's just like angry and and there we have it so i i don't know you know it's funny this whole like telling the story of a scene i really stole from craig finn yeah yeah yeah. i mean the way that i do it and the even like some of the delivery i really i I had to
0: check i guess a stalker just got arrested and i had to check to make sure it wasn't you
1: (laughs) um... no i'm not one of his stalkers i just like i remember hearing his uh here in the Hold Steady for the first time when I was in the uh, Berlin, I was leaving, I was in the airport, my friend had given me all the records, I thought, the Hold Steady, what a great name for a band, that's such a great fucking name, right, I didn't know right, anything right. about them.
0: That's actually how we met, too.
1: Yeah, and then I put on put on their first record, and it almost killed me. First of all, the yeah. Hold Steady almost killed me, it was a great fucking right. name. And I put that on, and I was just like, oh, everything's just changed for me about songs. Because I I, I had just started writing songs, and the the number one thing you gotta do is find your point of view in yep. any art. And I didn't really have it yet. I was like, oh, I can come up with some clever lyrics and I can tell a pretty honest story, but my point of view is, is boring right now and I hadn't developed it. And that he's got such, such a point of view. In fact, he should probably like move from it a little bit and see what else is out there. But like, he's got such a, a specific point of view. It was really interesting. to I me. Mean, I started thinking about that, like telling a story of a scene. And that's when I kind of started thinking, well, maybe I won't write songs about me all the time. Right, or Maybe right, I'll right, write right. about the scene and try and paint this picture. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your uh, question.
0: No, it does. I, I think God, I love what beer. people <laughs> don't always assume about artists um, is that they're
1: just people, right? Yeah, except for Prince.
0: Except for Prince, yeah. That's it. And Bowie.
1: Yeah, they're not people.
0: Yeah, they weren't people. But, you know, when I say, like, we met because of the whole study, we literally, like, the whole city was playing at U Street Music Hall venue here in Washington D.C. <laughs> and you had been emailing me, and you just like grabbed me, like, "Are you Kevin? <laughs> Holy shit, who's this dude in the front row?" And you were having the time of your life because it's that's still... what you do at a whole Steady show. It's the
1: only shows I enjoy are whole city shows. But
0: but there's a couple things that have happened with you over the years, uh, and I think this is one of them. You, you know, you it's it's a very different thing. You know your you know your influences. You can talk about them all you want. Um, And people do that and they make rip-off songs and stuff. But what you've done, like, saying a song like Danger, Baby. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. When we were driving around listening to the demos for this on Kawhi. This is when me and Daria went uh, for her 40th. And, um, you know, she's always... I run it by her to give you feedback. That's funny. Because we both love you and it's just like... So it's weird that you're a fucking rock star. And you are on this... (laughs) <clears throat> on the thing, and she said, "Yeah, Sean really loves Hold Steady. I knew that, but this is this is it. This is the one. Uh-huh. And it's a tale. It's a tale of just abuse, right?
1: Uh, that is a abuse. So it's a so they all tie together. This it ties into Modern Man, but basically, this this man wakes up in Columbus, Ohio. Uh-huh. But they're not a man; they're a woman, and it's a, they become a woman in that song. Yeah, and." And that song is basically about. This is not something I've gone through, by the way, but it's my perspective: the anxiety that would come along with having to having to make that choice to be public about it or or to live that life. Yeah, and I mean choice about being public, not the actual uh, gender identity. But um, so it's just my story of that, and also this like, fuck you, we're gonna be ourselves. But in that song, it's kind of tragic because they don't live.
0: Yeah, yeah, they die, and it's a party. I mean yeah. the, you
1: know the 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 it's a party, that's
0: exactly. the, the hallmark of all whole study songs is like there's a party going on. Yep. Uh, but the party the point of it is the parties will kill you. And they're getting thing tired is- of all the dehydration, you know, it's, yeah. it's one of those great lines
1: that oh, I, I think it.
0: of every time I have a hangover. I'm like, Yeah, man, you're right, dude.
1: Yeah. And the party, you know, the party is a, is its thing, but then there's this resurrection and he's he's obviously very strong with the the Catholic thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Resurrection and uh but yeah, it's a it's a party basically. It's like the the foundation of it is like oh I'm I'm actually a woman and like well now I'm gonna live my life as a woman because yeah. I'm a woman. But people think I'm not a woman, and so let's just get fucked up. Yeah,
0: which is a real. I mean that that's that's what we're dealing with in 2018. right? Sure. Um, as tolerant as people have become, uh, I know you said in some some ways you think it's worse it's ever
1: been Mm
0: -hmm. Um, well the lines are drawn the line yeah maybe that's it the lines are drawn
1: in some ways i think it's better because you just get to see people's real colors
0: that's a really good point i mean i I mean so that that, that's that's the way it's it's gone for racism right yeah you know people were like hey man this is post-racial barack obama i was like that's cool but a lot of people who uh and again white people who voted for barack obama did that and thought that they were like free and clear it's like i'm good I've yeah. done the work. I got this guy. <laughs> I've done the work. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's 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 literally, you know, I know. If, you, if you, especially up north, racism is a little more hid, hidden. Yeah. A little, um, a little more of a casual. But, a... but in the south, like, come on, man. That's, you know, and, and we've seen like, what was the direct result of that? More black kids getting shot by cops. Yeah. Sure. Like that's that's a direct result. <laughs> people get really upset. Of, of, of because people don't get like, wait, there's racist cops? Of course there's racist cops.
1: Especially in Boston. Yeah. 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 Haven't you seen the departed?
0: Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, so so you can draw those lines, but like it, it takes um sadly somebody telling you a little deeper story to to find that empathy. Yeah. And i never thought of, look, cause you're a petty motherfucker. (laughs) I I never thought of, of that as your mission until Sissy. And then I heard these songs and I was like, oh, this is, and and I think this was a marriage of your political life and, and these songs. And it was, I think it was a long time coming. I think it, uh, and I think you had to go through all the shit that, you know, the albums and making them stuff to get there.
1: Yeah. And also you do some more, I'm not I'm fairly new to singing and writing and so yeah. even just finding the way that I want to sing or mm-hmm. finding the limits of my voice and stuff. On this, like I didn't have time. Like I'd do a couple takes and I'd be pissed off about it and Dave would just be like, Shut the fuck up, we're going on to the next song, you got it. And I was right. like, No, I didn't, no I didn't. He's like, I don't care, and we just move on. I mean, yeah. Literally, I don't care, we're moving. Yeah. And that's how he is. And we're gonna make another record in December.
0: That's amazing. It's funny, Phil Cook is the same he said the same thing about making um his album uh, People Are My Drug This Year. Uh-huh. Uh Southland Tales, he he, he said he he just obsessed over. He's like, I gotta get 20 vocals. Like, I gotta do this right. And, and he went up to, uh, Justin Burn's studio, uh, in Wisconsin with his brother. And they knocked it out in eight days. And the reason was he was saying, no, we gotta do this. We got, no, man, we got it. This is, uh, I, I think it's a different kind of art, you know, because look, there's room for like goodbye. Yelbrick road, for example, Yeah. there's room for all these like space epic albums, but they, it's rare, I think, that those land is truthful. They're okay. just entertainment. And the, and this is something that, like, the rawness of it. Uh, Phil's album's now Sissy for You. Lydia Lovelace's Indestructible Machine is one of the best fucking albums ever made because they just knocked it out in a room in 48 hours. Isn't that great? Right? I love that shit. Right? She had written the songs, but she was like, we're just going to fucking do it, and we do it. And it worked, and it doesn't always work.
1: Well, for me, it was that Dave and I, he's like, I'm a drummer, and I can do drums. Like- mm-hmm. that, like- Put on the metronome and we're good. We'll just get it done. Modern Man is one measure of drumming. Repeated. He just took the best measure and repeated it. That's what we wanted. We wanted want
0: Kanye. To doosh, doosh,
1: doosh, and that's it. It just repeats. Yeah. And I played the whole song, but like he's like, well, we both agree, we just wanted it to be like There's a... The one thing. Kind of like a drone almost underneath. You It's a subconscious, you wouldn't necessarily realize it. But, but yeah, writing songs like this very quickly are great. And it's really, at the end of it, we were like, we had separation anxiety from each other. We had to call <laughs> each other a few times a day. Right. Because for both of us, we were just made you, the best thing we'd ever made. Yeah. And that the fir- I get back to New York, the first thing I do, I literally get back and I go to dinner with with Adam and a couple of his friends. And I was just like, dude, and he knows Dave. And I was just like, dude, I just made, I. and I was like, I was like awestruck at myself. and I yeah. Not that I was so great, but that I had just had this experience of four days of intense artistic, like, you got, productivity. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was just telling him, and he's like, oh, you gotta let me sing on it. Yeah. And I was sure. like, I was like, I'm gonna give you a mulligan on that. Like, you gotta hear it first. Like, you're right. too
0: famous to be promising well, these well, things. Well, that, that, that gets to routines, because you, you know, and, and your brother, you know, for people who don't know, who have not listened to the, what, 20 other times you've been on this podcast. <laughs> uh, you know, your brother died tragically. Yeah. Uh, and you saw it. And, like, that. there's no, uh, every time we talk about it, I say, I'm sorry for that. There's, I mean, there's... You can't erase trauma, like that. you sure know? can't, and so it's figuring out, going through life, how to how to go on with that, comp- like compartmentalized or at least like recontextualized. Figure it out. Um, and you've you've done songs where it's a lyric, right? It's just like part of the conversation. I think routines is. The first time I've heard you directly address it. And you're not even addressing it from your point of view. You're addressing it from your mother's point of view. Yeah. Um, Because your mom and dad were like wrecked, obviously. Still are. Still are. Uh, I know your dad. And he's great. You know, and and he is, um, you can, uh, when you have the three of you in the room, or just even you and him, you can still feel the trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, But you also feel the love. And that's what you put into this song about how your mom has dealt with all this. Did you. Uh, did that just come out? Because uh, that, that's a. That's a Rubicon for you, I think. I could be wrong.
1: Yeah, I don't know if you're wrong. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. Uh, this was. So I had a sure. conversation with Franz Nikolai in the basement of the Alamo. Yeah. We were there. And he talked about how at some point I'm going to get bored about writing about myself. Yep. And I was like, ah, that'll never happen. And immediately I was like, oh, I should write about other people. And, you know, <laughs> Springsteen famously does this, yep. telling stories that he, he hasn't lived necessarily. But I just thought, well, how can I write about somebody else? And I thought, like, well, let's who could I write about? And I said, what about my mom? And the image of that I have of her is her sitting on the porch smoking a cigarette. Yeah. And I thought, well, what better lyric to talk about somebody else than this woman? Yeah. It's not me. And that's what I wrote in L.A. when I was doing that Spring Awakening thing out there, the drumming thing. But uh, I don't, it didn't, and I wrote it, it didn't feel particularly like that big of a deal to me. And I think it's because the earlier versions didn't have the, the melody all worked out. And it wasn't as confident. Yeah. And it became... It's kind of like when other people heard it. They were like... Right. Oh, no, that's a fucking song. That's a song right there. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, that's that's cool.
0: And you've been name-dropping, uh, but your friend Adam Dirk of <laughs> Capgris, uh, so, to be clear.
1: It's uh, funny. It's like beyond name-dropping now, because he's actually just my best buddy up yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: He's your friend, which is, which is another wild thing, is that you? When you When when we first met and when we first talked about stuff... You were like, Counting Crows is the best. And we look, we will always agree or disagree whether or not you should stop with recovering the satellites.
1: We will disagree. And that. I would love to talk about it with Adam sometime. But you're doing a Gravel Dead podcast. I'm doing a Counting Crows podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be amazing. It's me and Adam talking about it. We'll make it happen. I'm we'll in. make it happen. Um, but, but
0: uh, never. you know, this guy was your artistic, again, we all have these beacons that we look to for how we want to do our art this guy was yours and then all of a sudden you're friends with him and then you write a song of a guy who's arguably one of the best songwriters of a generation sure and he says hey man i really want to sing him that song like
1: that well he said it so there's a couple of steps to this and i think was, i haven't even talked about this yet really like this but The timeline is 2003. I get to college. Three months later, my brother gets hit by a car. First semester of college. So I go for a few years where I only listen to classical music and jazz because i was studying music. In my senior year, I was like starting to come out of my fog. And I was like, well, I should listen to other music. And for some reason, I bought uh, Counting Crows, Across the Wire, Live, in The Ten Spot, all that. And I listened to that. And I was I kind of would skip to the the songs I knew like I knew Long December because the song your brother gets hit in a car in November like a song like Long December you can really attach to it's basically ca- capturing the sadness and this nostalgia yeah and it's in winter and you can you can apply it to any situation yeah well I mean he made yeah that's his he, that did fine <laughs> <laughs> that song. The funny thing, it's not even his biggest song, and it was right, huge. Right, right, right. Uh, so, like, you know, I listen it, and I attach to it, but then in 2007, I was about to go on tour, and my cousins brought me to a Connie Crow show, and I saw this this man who I didn't know be very vulnerable on stage and yeah. have these lyrics fucking... I mean, some of these lyrics, the first lyrics on his first record on his first song mm-hmm. are the some of the best lyrics I've ever heard song around here. I mean, it's insanely good. Yeah. I mean, you can put it on paper look at it, and it's fucking good. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so... In a way, I used their music to just, like, kind of be sad about my brother and just kind of, like, try and get better. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he's singing on the song about my family. About
0: your family, yeah.
1: And and I remember recording. I walk in. I had had two hours of sleep in a car because I'd driven up from Blacksburg, Virginia, because I had a gig. Oh, Jesus. It was. I slept in my car. I got down to below freezing. Yeah. And I just woke up and started driving some more. I was really tired. I get to New York. Uh... I get to Adam. We, well, we went and saw a movie first. Me and Dave and Adam and some other people went and saw uh, Ready Player One, some IMAX thing. It's terrible. Yeah, I didn't like it. He did, but I didn't like it. Um, I was okay. I just don't care. But uh, anyway. I, I can't
0: do a podcast with him now.
1: It's fine. <laughs> Bad taste in movies. No. He's got some weird taste. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we went to his house, and I walked in the door, and Dave, who's really in tune with me, immediately, mm-hmm. he had gotten there first and set up, but he immediately, he just knows I'm going to be like a wreck during this. And he hands me a glass of scotch as soon as i walk into adam's house and i'm just pacing around the room yeah he's like playing my song and practicing it and i was like what the fuck is going on yeah that then he started singing on it And, and dave and i were just like holy christ man this guy first of all no ego completely like yeah absolutely professional right no and you know at some point i was just like hey i need you to do this part again and stuff but i was like what's happening right now yeah, and I this I mean, guy I, could pay to have me killed, and I'm here telling you. Right, tell <laughs> right, and,
0: and you know that's that's the thing is like um, I <laughs> <laughs> now now I have <laughs> I want to see Adam's uh, enemies list. <laughs> yeah. It's got no people on it. It's now short. Yeah, <laughs> it's got zero people. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, yeah, that's the thing is that like, despite all that. It comes across as no ego. It's, it. I mean, he's definitely talked about it. He's definitely talked about sissy. Oh my god! Uh, he's been like a huge supporter of this, and it is, uh, for lack of a better term, kind of an anointment. Um, you know, look, you're you, you spend a lot of time in D.C. playing music. D.C. is big on DIY stuff, and you know they would like frown on that often. But really, that's like that seems to be the the goal, right? You get not just your art accepted by people in general, but like your peers, which now Adam is one of yours. And that, I mean, that's a tacit endorsement of you saying, because he doesn't, like I said, he doesn't have to do any of that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, he doesn't for, I mean, he has a lot of friends. A lot of people want things from him. Yeah. And this was just, he saw how excited I was about it. And so he wanted to sing on it. But then when he heard the song, I mean, literally I have the text where he's just like, I need to sing on routines. I need to sing because that's. A,
0: and I've heard it without him on it.
1: Yeah, and it's
0: still it's it's a it's a gut punch of a song, but partially because I know you and know what that meant to have him on it. So, but the, when I heard it with him, like it actually locked into this thing. I'm like, oh, this is this is a fucking classic.
1: And also, his voice is not so. I have a fairly unique vocal tone, and so does he. And so when he sings, it's you know he can do background singing, but it's really. It's him. It's always him. It, it's a good contrast to your Irish brogue. Fuck off. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna let you go. <laughs> like I have a unique vocal, but no, I was waiting for it. Yeah. I
0: um, no. It, uh, but to that, even that's like matured, right?
1: Yeah. It's just a. Uh, a lot of it's just trying to find ways around the melodies when you're not really a trained singer. Yeah. And so people end up pronouncing things weird or doing things weird. But I. I don't know where that comes from. I certainly don't mean to do it because uh, I sometimes do sing actual Irish ballads for my right. grandmother and stuff, right. and uh, and then I could. Re- it's so easy for me to access the you know actually trying to imitate, right, it, right, so. right. but I don't. I don't really know. I don't know where it comes from. I really don't.
0: And and to be fair, like look, we're the assholes. I think Daria and I are the only ones who like think that that's a
1: thing. No, the Cutter Street, the uh, the record people are like, oh man, you sound Scottish, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm not. It's like, yeah. I don't know, fucking Mick Jagger can sing, he sounds American, nobody uh, it's gives like, a fuck. I,
0: I think it's like, I, I think that's a good point that you made, like, I think it's like, you know, American punk singers trying to sound British. Yeah. I think, you know, if you if you are bringing in any kind of influence, like, your uh, instinct is to emulate it to the fullest. That happens in playing guitar, dude. You know, you yeah. you end up sounding like what you're trying to, like, copy, which is why everything I play sounds like Boston.
1: Um <laughs> Nothing
0: wrong with that. No, I'm saying, well, so if you need Boston on your next record,
1: I'm here (coughs) for you. Maybe do.
0: You know, so you've got uh, Duritz on your side. You've got your shows now. Um, That's another thing that I've noticed. When we first saw you play, you were doing the work. You were just solo dude out there like crushing it. And it was raw emotion. And that, that was, it still is, I think. Uh, super important to you, how people... Uh, so they could see that. You know, you uh, have always been insistent on, like, if it makes people uncomfortable, so what? Like, I'm opening myself up out there. Mm-hmm. But you have seemed to hit on this, like, open yourself up in a, um extremely markable way that is uh, going to be, I think, pe- extremely a lot of people's shit. Uh, the show at Comet Ping Pong is hands down the best rock and roll show I saw uh, this year. Awesome, and uh, granted, it's a bunch of my friends playing in that band,
1: right? They're all playing again on Thursday, Black Hat. <laughs> yeah,
0: but uh, but it it just uh, it seems like everything works right now, and it seems like you're you're happier because it's working. Is yes. that is that safe to say?
1: This record, it's it made my year. Not in a glib way like I, yeah. if I hadn't had this record going into this it would have been a very difficult year for me down here Yeah, but having this really something I'm really proud of that's a, a good foundation for everything that comes next right you know I'm about to finish my next record which is Margaret Thatcher of the Lower East Side <laughs> <coughs> And I'm about to go make another record with Dave, and I'm playing South by. And I'm dude, there's a lot of things to so look forward yeah, to. Yeah, that's right, bigger yeah, shows. And I'm going up to Dave's house next weekend. Basically, I have a I have three bands I'm, I have right now. Like, there's two in DC that are kind of there's shared members, but there's different people in them. And then I have the one in New York, which is the sissy people plus another drum a drummer because I'm not playing drums in in the band live. And I'm going up to Rochester to play this big wine festival up there, uh, like big Saturday, like party and then the next weekend we're going up to play Duritz's festival underwater sunshine thing yeah and that'll be a big deal and I think I think he's gonna sing with me which will be a remarkable thing for me uh people will remark on it (laughs) and uh you know so it's it's nice having a lot to look forward to and my job as hard as it is you know I'm I've been promoted I'm I have a lot more yeah responsibility and that's coming to a head yeah and that's about over and then back to New York yeah we're
0: almost at the end but yeah, I, I think um, like, like I said at the beginning, there was a change in you after you recorded this that I saw. Um, yeah, that uh, you know, it's never good when two depressives are friends. I know because then it's like, what do you fucking say? And you know, I yell at you a lot. of it. You know, That's I, true. I come from a place of love. I yell back. Like, you, do, you do yell. <laughs> you, you do yell back. But it, but it, but it is like when when a friend can get that thing, that latch. You you all need it. Uh, we're sitting down here in in. The basement. This will be the last thing in there. Uh, it's been like quitting smoking, dude. Which is, in case people don't know, that's the hardest fucking thing in the world to do.
1: Yeah, my mom always said she'd rather have another kid than quit smoking. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, <laughs> which that, is that, a big deal coming that, from her, that, by the that, way. That,
0: that's that's actually accurate. And um, uh, but part of why I can like let it go is honestly your EP because it's it speaks in a way that I want like you to be speaking. And I'm like happy and proud of you for be- for getting that done, and that. So it's just like a, a you know, it's just like positivity. Just keeps sort of bouncing around. Like, cool. You know, you're feeling down. You can be like, wait a minute. Like, okay, Sean did that, and that's okay. So maybe I can. And you you keep carrying that shit forward.
1: And it's a fun record. It's it's, it's sad, a, it is but a it's, fun it's record. Not, it's it's a, not a downer to listen to until routines. But
0: yeah, and I and I do think uh, you know you joke with me once about like uh, Newport Folk Festival, but I, if. You don't play Queer Mad Blues next year on the main stage, then we know America's doing it wrong. But America's doing it wrong if that doesn't happen. Talk about like classics on this album. That is, uh, I I think that's the best song. Cody and Cody is always gonna have a place in my heart just because that one guitar. Like, but I think this is the best song you've written, and it distills. It's a capper on this. (laughs) <laughs> this cycle it's a capper on the other songs and, and it's well
1: it's last on this record because you yelled at me <laughs> yeah it was fourth I, I, wasn't, I wasn't gonna bring that up but I bring it up. well it's interesting because you really tapped into something when you, you heard it so I did this we had this whirlwind of four days yeah and really the fourth day was just in the morning I recorded the vocals for Queer Man Blues that's all I did on the fourth day it's so the last thing I did and I did it standing there I remember looking up at one point and Dave was just looking through the window looking at me yeah Producers never do. They're always like in their own. They're doing their own fucking thing on yeah. the computer. And he was just looking through the window at me and just kind of like being like, "Fuck, we just did this thing. I'm going to watch him record these vocals." And we use this old mic, so it's not even an effect on there. It's it's just it's an just, old mic. Yeah, it's just. And I'm really close to it, and I'm just singing this song after this like one few days, and it was the last thing we did was the vocal for "Queer Man Blues."
0: It's it's raw. It's uh, I'm envious of your finger picking skills because I've been playing guitar a lot longer than you. Uh, almost, I think, I might have been playing guitar longer than you've been alive. Possibly.
1: Well, uh, it just comes from uh, being it, having a part of your brain where it can look at things more uh, analytically when it comes to, like, uh, coordination because of, yeah, drum, yeah. of drumming. Oh, I agree, I agree. It's because I used to do drumming, so now I can think, oh, I'm going to move this finger in this way and not this one. And
0: But the point I was driving at is, like, it's a song that you wish, like, you wrote, right? But you wrote it. Like, you you, you did it. Like, this is... this. This should This EP should But that song specifically Should change lives That's sweet Yeah It's such a It's such a plea for uh, For empathy That we need Like right now Mm -hmm. And that's I think I think as we wind this down Like that's really In all of these That's Songs on this EP at least It seems to be All you're really asking for Yeah You know You're just Saying hey man We got a there's a lot we got to figure out. There's a lot of cruelty. There's a lot of uh, universal cruelty. <laughs> you know, your brother yeah. dying in the world. But that... Uh, and it's dark. But,
1: you know... It's life.
0: There's also a lot... It's life. And there's. it's also there. there's a lot <clears throat> of stuff that isn't. That's right. But you can't exist by not acknowledging the other stuff. We can't... I mean, we as a society can't do that. Not as Americans, not as anything anymore. You can't just be like, I don't believe in racism... I don't believe in people like hatred of, of trans people. I don't believe... You can't say any of that anymore and exist because it invariably uh, goes
1: wrong and then crushes people. Yeah. Also, you're embarrassing yourself to history. I think you are,
0: yeah.
1: Are you fucking kidding? Who gives a fuck that much about what somebody else is doing? That's what I can't. Right, I mean, there's right. There's plenty people I don't like, but right. I don't fucking obsess about the fact that I don't like them. And I certainly don't like them because they're part of some group that I don't know anything about.
0: right. Right. Usually because
1: the they're assholes. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a trans asshole, fuck you. I don't yeah, care about it. Well,
0: that's the thing. If you're an asshole, you're an asshole. Right.
1: <laughs> okay what color and, you are and and you? It's are. always confusing <laughs> the things we pick up
0: on and I think it shows for people who have that hate uh in their heart. It shows a lack of intelligence. It shows a uh, a a cowardice that you can't just say I don't like you because you're an asshole. Yeah. Look, that's that has consequences. It does. <laughs> like it you know but,
1: uh, I'm writing about some of the consequences, I think. Huh? I'm writing about some of the consequences. Are you? Well, no, I'm just like, the consequences of people having hate. Like, these songs yeah, yeah, are yeah. about that, is what I mean. Yeah. And my next record is even more about it, which I actually wrote that record before Sissy, but yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot to talk about, and we should be talking about it in rock and roll, and fucking nobody does, so I need to, I guess.
0: Yeah. Be the, be the superstar, man. Well, superstar. You if already could, are, but you know.
1: If I could break even on a record, I'd be happy. They've <laughs> <laughs> made this one free, though. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> so you got Underwater <laughs> Sunshine coming up. You got uh, you got a new record coming up. You got uh, an election coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else?
1: No. South by Southwest, I guess that's in March. South by Southwest. That's yeah. gonna be a while. I be don't wild. know. What to expect there, but it should be good. You feel better about your brother now? My brother? Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing that... It's interesting, like, it really just, like, the way that it affects my family, I think that... I think of my whole family, even more of my extended family. It was like a linchpin in our lives, where yeah. just everything was not going to be the same in a pretty bad way. So there's a lot of... It's just an inherent sadness that I'm gonna have for the rest of my life. Right. Right. And that's okay. That's you know. Okay. I can deal with it. Yeah. You know, I just hope that other people are able to deal with it. You know, I try to hike a mountain or look at something a couple <laughs> couple seconds longer than I would and admire it for its beauty just little things you just try. Yeah. It's like try and exist. You know, I also drink beer and stay <laughs> <laughs> up till seven in the morning. Sometimes, you know, having a good time.
0: Yeah, you know, that's no, that's the rock and roll lifestyle, dude. Uh, next time we talk, you obviously won't be in this basement.
1: And... Or we break in and fucking do it. Fuck them. Oh,
0: shit. That's good, that'd that's be a, raw as hell. That's the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> I expect you to be addicted to no less than three drugs. Oh, absolutely. Living that rock Let's and roll lifestyle and have thrown at least two TVs out of a hotel room. Perfect. Uh, so, uh, thanks a lot, Sean. Thank it you. been going. a, hey, a journey. What a
1: I will be king I spoke I took what I wanted The queens and the jokes I burned all my belongings Sailed just no to know
0: Sean Barna, everybody, go out and get Sissy, wherever records... It's up on Bandcamp, but there's no physical release, so go out and pay him, man. We've been talking about... <laughs> you can stream this shit everywhere, but give him a few bucks. I think it's like... It might be... Um, pay your own price. It should be five bucks. It's a fucking great EP. It's one of my favorite EPs of this year, favorite piece of music of this year, and it's one of the best things he's done, um, and the stuff he's working on now. It's, it's just gonna get better. He's playing it uh, Underwater Sunshine... Fest that uh, Adam Durritz, his friend Adam Durritz is throwing going on here in a few few weeks I think the second weekend of October they'll be it'll be in the show notes in the show dates uh and like you heard him say he's going back in the in the studio uh his political job uh, he's trying to get the people that you want uh that, that are going to sort of save us at least on the the government front in the office um yeah Uh, And um, so, yeah, just do all that, man. Do all that. And then we'll it won't be the last time we talk to Sean. I guarantee you that. Uh, That is it for this episode of Chunky Glasses, the podcast. If you like what you heard, do the thing, man. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a rating or a message there. You can uh, listen to us on Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can follow us on at Chunky Glasses on Twitter and Instagram, and it's Facebook slash Chunky Glasses. Always at www.chunkyglasses.com. And uh, there you can see the work of Avery Junius and Mauricio Castro out there covering the live shit. Two of the best music photographers uh, for my money in the business. Uh, Special shout out to our friend Chad Clark, man. Got the rights back to uh, to his masterful Beauty Pill album. Describes things as they are. If you haven't heard it, get on it now because it's going to disappear for a little while. It's going to come back, but it's going to disappear for a little while and uh, maybe before we get out of town we'll have him back on to maybe we'll talk about that I don't know we had something planned before the before the uh, basement got destroyed me and him and uh, Michael Kentoff from the Caribbean but uh, you know basement got destroyed there you go uh, that is it we're out of here we will be back next week I'm not sure what we're doing um, but I'm sure we're doing it so stay safe Uh, As always, be good to your ears, be better to your people. We'll talk to you soon.